Welcome to Bible Line, a ministry of Calvary Community Church. Our podcast is dedicated to the clear teaching of God's Word. We aim to help people find Jesus Christ and train believers through the study of the Bible. We would love to feature your questions on the show. You can email us at questions at BibleLineMinistries.org. If you'd like to support the show, you can go to calvaryoftampa.org forward slash donate. Catch new episodes every Thursday. We pray today's episode is a blessing to you. Well, I'm here with the gospel-driven man, Ralph Yankee Arnold himself. How are you doing today, Pastor? Jesse, I am doing fine. <laughs> For a person like me who's gone through what he has, just being on this side of the grave is a great opportunity to, yeah. to know and to serve the Lord in a greater way. Well, let's let's talk about that. You recently just had a pretty serious bout with COVID. Yeah, it came up and uh, kind of slapped me upside the head in yeah. January. And I spent about two weeks in ICU and then a week in uh, recovery and mm-hmm. rehab. And uh, it was very close. I was not sure I would make it through, but um, yeah. the Lord blessed and it's quite an experience to go through and to know that you have eternal life and going to heaven brought great peace. Yeah. That uh, if I go or if I stay, I'm a winner either way. Yeah. And so I had no worries whatsoever. I just left the decision in God's hand and he decided to let me stay just a little longer. Well, we're glad you're still here. And I don't think a lot of people know this, that you and I have a, we, we're, we're good friends now. I mean, you're still my mentor a hundred percent, but you trained me and you came to Calvary Community Church where I pastor now back in 2000 and nine i think i think 2009 yeah and little by little we had needs in the ministry and mm-hmm. you stepped forward and i would like to just to share the opportunity that we had one day when we were let's see down at the, the vi Here comes. village inn <laughs> and i wanted to talk to you and kyla and so y'all sat down there and yeah. i said well what can i do for you kyla leaned forward and she simply said give him a job and uh, you sunk underneath the table, face turned red oh, and blue yeah. and green. So and, bold. Uh, I was just shocked that she said that. I was like, hello. <laughs> but I, I thought about that afterwards. I thought, well, why not? Yeah. And uh, so thanks to your wife, you are now the pastor yeah. at Calvary Community Church. But you were faithful in doing a lot of good things. You stepped forward when I needed the youth director and the choir director. And then I needed assistant pastor because I knew that the time would come when I'd have to be stepping aside and doing some other things because mm-hmm. I had a few health issues and uh, I didn't want to leave the church in a, a lurch with not having somebody prepared. Yeah. I mean, and the church had just gone through that. Dr. Lindstrom passed away. True. And very unexpectedly. That was uh, a wake-up call, I think, for the for the church. Mm-hmm. And it should uh, be the challenge of every pastor to try to train somebody to take his place because we... We're not here forever. We're not. And uh, so we're just passing through and influencing people's lives. And so you responded very well and took the bull by the horns. And next thing you know, here you are and you're doing a great job. (laughs) Well, I appreciate it. You were the first, you were the first pastor that in my life I thought, you know, pastors, you know, before I had met you and was under your leadership, I always thought that pastors were very exclusive, like, you got to be your best behavior around them. I mean, if you're going to show somebody that you're really a dedicated Christian, it's how you behave in front of your pastor. But you were the first pastor that really 
took an interest in my growth and development. You'd ask me questions like, where do you see yourself? And, you know, you helped me understand how important it is to give the gospel all the time. And I was under Dr. Lindstrom's teaching for a long time. But when you had come, you, you really, when I introduced you in this interview as the gospel driven man, I think that's the best way to describe you. Well, there was a book that was written by a gospel-driven man. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I wrote the book because it's the only thing that drives me. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people are experts on a lot of things, but they're not soul winners. Yeah. And I believe the most important thing is whatever the Word of God means to you and the Holy Spirit leadership, it should do something that changes our lives and makes our life worth living. Yes. And yeah. be able to do something with the knowledge. It's like sometimes kids go to Bible college and they sit under teachers that know the Word, but don't live the Word. They don't do anything mm -hmm. with it. If it doesn't do something for them, why should it do something for me? I'm just thankful that I went to Florida Bible College in 1964 and sat under uh, four great teachers that were examples of what they were teaching. Yeah. And I learned by watching them. And so they made an impact upon my life. And my one main goal was I wanted to be copyable, yeah. be down to earth and simple where people could do what I do. Yeah. Where it didn't look like it was so hard and complicated, but, but it you was have something, to have a four year degree to be a soul winner. Yeah. You can, <laughs> you can do that right off the bat. And yeah. so I have just wanted to be a soul winner all my life. And now after I look back all of these years, I can see a lot of people that have trusted Christ as savior Amen. Because of having that mindset to be a gospel-driven man. And I, that's one of the things that I like about a church. I've always tried to look at it as like a hospital and, you know, uh, everybody can come that wants to come. But you've got to have well people on the staff. Yeah. And so whenever I'm preaching, I'm like the doctor, but spiritual doctor. I say, take these two verses and see me next Sunday. <laughs> and so I just go to the medicine cabinet, the Word of God, and find out where people are and what they need and try to meet that need. And so that helped guide me in many of the sermons that I preached mm -hmm. and uh, trying to meet people's needs. And if people didn't have a problem, we wouldn't have a job. So we're, we're, we're problem solvers. Yeah. So we're always trying to solve problems. And that's one thing that uh, I think God raised you up so you can continue being a problem solver. Well, I really, I really think the way that you handled the transition out of Calvary Community Church and into your Yankee Arnold Ministries uh, evangelistic work is really a good example for a lot of preachers out there. Because like you said, uh, we're not getting any younger. You, you're 80 years old now. <laughs> Thanks for telling me. <laughs> no I problem. I, I didn't know that. I think that's an encouragement to people because you know, you, you've lived a long life and you still have not strayed away. You haven't come, there hasn't been one thing that said, you know, it is works-based and a true believer will do X, Y, and Z. You've just stayed true to the message. What, what keeps you in line? One of the things that's helped me, I think for 62 years of knowing the Lord and wanting to serve him is that I've had the privilege of Colorado Bible College and also Tampa Bay Bible College and here the, uh, uh, Florida Bible College of Tampa, mm -hmm. is that is teaching the book of Galatians and personal evangelism. Mm. The one gives you a backbone yeah. to be the soul winner you ought to be. 
one teaches you on taking a strong stand for the truth of the gospel. Right. Regardless of what anybody else says or does, I don't owe them my allegiance. There's only one who died and paid for my sins, and that was the Lord Jesus Christ. So I want to honor him. And to do that, I want to be a faithful soul winner all my life, not just that I have days that I will maybe witness, but I I want it to be my life. That's what I do. Wherever I go, day or night, seven days a week, I'm always in pursuit of the lost person. Yep. And so that's why I like uh, teaching people how to win a person to Christ. Because to me, that's the main purpose of the Christian life. If it's not for reaching people, what's the purpose of our life? Amen. I can honor and praise the Lord and sing and glorify Him all that when I get to heaven. But there's no lost people in heaven. Hmm. They're all down here. And as it says in the book of Judah, making a difference. And I want to make a difference. And so as we go through life, we're influencing people's lives to do things for the Lord. So I always try to say to the Lord, for the Lord, and about the Lord. Yeah. And that should be the purpose of my life. Well, you would always tell me, uh, I want you to do exactly what the Lord is leading you to do. And that would, you know, some people will look at that and say, well, that's a very superficial statement. But it's for a young man to see somebody as, as talented as you are when it comes to your speaking ability and your consistency with the gospel message, I began to think to myself, what other thing would the Lord want me to do than to be a soul winner? I mean, and it filled my time. I remember working at Bank of America and in between calls, I would be memorizing the seven points of the gospel illustration because I knew that Friday night, I'm going to have to go out and share that with somebody and I want to be confident in what the scripture says. Well, the thing about serving the Lord and having that as a, a goal of winning people to the Lord mm-hmm is one of the greatest motivating factors because we have two two great motivations and one is fear the other one is love hmm. and because in second corinthians chapter five knowing therefore the tear of the lord we persuade men yes so it is a responsibility that i have to try to find out where a person is and how to persuade them from wherever they are and get them to trust christ as savior mm-hmm and then the thing that motivates me should be uh, because uh, the love that Christ had for me, he says, because of this love that we have and Christ had for us, judging that whether or not because he died for everyone, then we which are alive should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him who died for them and rose again. Yeah. So I should live for the one who, who died for me and gave me eternal life. And the thing that I'm thankful for is right now is the ability to speak. Yeah. About three years ago, I had surgery on my neck where they had to go in and fuse a couple vertebrae together and put a metal plate in there with some screws. But they went through this way. They went through this way. Moved those vocal cords around. And they moved it over. And I didn't know that it was going to affect my speech, but it did. And then it left my right arm paralyzed. Mm. And... uh, I did not know that was going to happen. None of us did. <laughs> but but it's, it slowly begins to take its toll. And then when I had COVID, uh, I did not know that I would live or die. But I told the Lord when I was laying there in the hospital at the VA, the first thing they asked me, 
they're in the emergency room was, are you willing to go on the ventilator? Mm. And I says, no, I'm not going on the ventilator. I don't want to be stuck away someplace where I, I die and nobody ever gets to see me. I says, if that gets that bad, I'd just soon go home and die with my wife. Mm. Because she also had COVID, and I wasn't even sure how she was doing. My brother was up there in Georgia, and he had COVID the same time that I did, and he wasn't doing well either. And yet we hadn't even been together. And so they called me up and said, Cheryl did, and their daughter, Michelle, and says, Yankee, could you talk to a little man? And they were both in tears because his organs were shutting down and he, he couldn't eat, couldn't hold anything down. And he was like a zombie. I tried to make him mad to get a response. Mm-hmm. I told something funny that he always laughed, but he didn't this time. He just looked like he was in a coma. Mm-hmm. And he just stared. And it broke my heart. <clears throat> yeah. And so I tried to get him to eat and told him why he should do like David. When David says, I have learned how to to fight, to war. Mm-hmm. I says, when he says, resist the devil, anything the devil is for, I'm against it. And if he wants me dead, I, I want to live. And I want to live because I have a purpose to live and a reason for living. And I came home from the hospital and February the 4th, I got a call from my brother and and he sung happy birthday to me on my 80th birthday, <laughs> when before he couldn't even talk. Yeah. Then on February the 9th, I called him and sung happy birthday to him. <clears throat> so he's finally improving, and he's still paralyzed. But God lets us go through these things. And like I've told the college kids, we sometimes think that when I dedicate my life to the Lord, then God's going to send me to this country or this country, this state, this city, and blah, blah, blah. Well, is there anything wrong with God saying, I need somebody in China, so you go to China. And I need somebody over here in Russia, you go to Russia. Mm. I need somebody in, you know, Trinidad, you go to Trinidad. What if he says, I need somebody to go to the ER? Can I look at it as a missionary trip? Mm. And I need somebody in, you know, uh, ICU. There's some nurses there that nobody will ever get a chance to talk to. Can God send me there? Or do I begin to question the will of God and the doors that he opens. And he opened the door for me to go into rehab. But that's just part of my journey, no different than the time that I've gone to Florida Bible College in Miami or going to Colorado or going to Georgia. Wherever I go, I believe that I can be used by the Lord. And I want people to have that in their mind and think that way. Most people, when they get in their 80s, they think they're ready to well, it's a downhill drag now. Yeah. I tell them, I just, I'm just hitting my prime. I'm, I'm ready to do something now. Yeah. I want to do as much as I possibly can with the time God's left me. And I don't believe he spared my life so that I can sit, soak, and sour. <laughs> I want to go someplace and do yeah. something and cause either a revival or yeah. a re- revolt. Something. Well, I'll tell you this. You want to talk about a revival or a revolt? I mean, your YouTube channel is is pretty impressive. I'm looking at it here. You've got 16,400-something subscribers. And you've also uh, passed a million views twice. you got 2.2 million views. And some of your videos, well, at least one of them is over a quarter million. 
I know that's un that's unreal. So talk to me about the YouTube channel. Like how? Well, the way we got started on that was because of a guy named uh, Jesse Martinez. Oh yeah. <laughs> He's the one that came up with he came up with the idea. Oh, about people are going to think I set on, you up right there. Talk about the YouTube channel. Then you tell, did a good tell job. Tell about me. But you 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 you, you came up with the idea because I didn't know anything about YouTube. We needed and space. We, started, we had a space issue, and we started putting some things up there. And uh, yeah. we thought, man, wouldn't it be great if we ever get a hundred subscribers? <laughs> and I don't know how long it took six months to get a hundred. A long time, yeah. And then all of a sudden, it just started multiplying because what we had to teach. People were hungry for, yeah, and they responded, and so now we've got, like I said, uh, a couple million views already mm -hmm. on our channel, and it's reaching people around the world. Uh, we probably have five or ten people a day that trust Christ as Savior, who email and put it either the emails or they put it on the comment section, right? That they're trusting Christ as Savior, and not only that, there's a lot of people that are Calvinist that are finally coming out of saying it. it makes so much sense to come out yeah. of that uh, that doctrine and uh that reformed theology that isn't worth a quarter that's right and now they're seeing it and it's like a weight off of their shoulders and they're beginning to enjoy knowing christ is saving knowing they have eternal life because it has nothing to do with them doing works for salvation or to keep it or to prove it mm -hmm. and uh to see these lives changed is such a rewarding thing. And I don't have to wait till I get to heaven to hear somebody say thank you. Mm. While I was in the hospital, there were thousands of people who commented that were thankful that I lived and mm. had preached the gospel and had had the YouTube ministry and the radio ministry and people that had responded because I shared the gospel. And now that... God has blessed me with a, a maybe a little bit more time to live. I want to accomplish as much as I possibly can. And so that's why I'm thankful for the radio ministry that we have and the YouTube and the opportunity to travel and preach. And God has opened up some doors for me to still at my age to yeah. have a, a motor home. It's old like I am, but it runs. And I'm going to be speaking for you on the 24th of this mm -hmm. month. And then it's... Soon as the service is over, motorhomes will be sitting out here, and I'm pulling out, and I got a, a meeting there up in Georgia, and then I go into uh, Tennessee, and then North Carolina, and then Minnesota, mm. and then Wisconsin, and Illinois, and then Ohio, and then all the way up here into Buffalo, uh, New York, and then a few more places, and back down into Georgia, and so the Lord's, and then the Alabama, and they mm -hmm. just called the other day. So I'm glad that I can be able to, to still go because there's, when you can help a preacher to see the clarity of the gospel, he can straighten out all of the people. And if you just go into a church and just reach people, well, you leave them to that pastor who's not clear. Yes, that's so right. So I enjoy helping the pastor to see the clarity of the gospel, the truth of the gospel. And there's been a number of preachers that have gotten clear because they saw how I presented the gospel. Mm -hmm. And most of them, they know the Lord, they love the Lord. They just didn't know there was a better way of being able to do it. And so sometimes we have to see something. Like yeah. I used to tell kids about camp. 
you try to describe what it's like to go to camp. Well, you got to go to camp to see what yeah, it's like. Yeah, that's the best way. We <laughs> describe ranch. Well, you got to go to ranch to see what ranch is really like, mm-hmm. a teenage Bible study. And so when you want to go to a good church, you can try to describe it and how that the gospel is always given. You need to go and see because that gives you a vision. And that's why we want to be copyable. So easy to understand, easy to, to follow. And I think it's the greatest thing in the world to, to know what you're living for and give it all you got while you can. And I think God will hmm. bless and open up doors. Yeah, I agree. Back to your YouTube channel, just to talk about that for another second here. Your top five videos, uh, three of them deal with Calvinism. What if a man willfully sins after he is saved? Uh, then you have the clear gospel in four minutes, which people are still sharing that even today. You have the pre-trib rapture is right in third place. Then you have Calvinism destroyed with the parable and Jesus versus John MacArthur. What is so dangerous about the doctrine of Calvinism? Well, Calvinism starts off with a lie. They can't believe that God in his sovereignty chose to give man a free will. They just can't believe that man has a free will. And because of that, that would cause the man to have and to be able to make decisions contrary to what God wants. And if he can do that, then he's not God isn't sovereign. Yep. That's not the truth. And so because of that, then they teach things that the Bible doesn't teach, that man is so wicked so depraved that he cannot even make a decision on his own, that God has predetermined who's going to heaven and he's predetermined who's going to hell. So we're supposed to be so thankful that they have enlightened us to the point where we don't know if God really does love us. And we really don't know if Christ paid for our sins. We really don't know if we do have a choice because they wiped all of that away. Yeah. And the reason I know that God loves me is because I know that God loves you. Because if there's one person that God did not love, how do I know that wasn't me? If there's one person that he did not pay for their sins, how do I know that person wasn't me? Yeah. But when he says all, I know I'm included. Mm-hmm. He says whosoever, I know I'm, I'm included. But see, the Calvinists don't believe the way they should. So they believe that Jesus Christ only died for the people that God has chosen to save. Mm-hmm. And so... If that's the case, and I told a Calvinist this one day, I said, if, if you believe that, God has already chosen who's going to be saved and who's not going to be saved. I says, were you ever really lost? Were you ever in danger of going to hell? Wow. Yeah, I remember you telling me about that. And if you don't really know you're going to, to hell because God chose you to go to heaven, then it didn't matter. But it contradicts the scripture that says Christ came into the world to seek and to save that which was lost. If that's true, he came to save everybody but you. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I like to be able to look at my wife or my children or my grandkids and say, God loves you. And I told a man one day, I says, he had two little girls. I says, isn't it a shame? You could not actually honestly look at those two girls and say, God loves you, because mm. you really don't know. 
you can't say that Christ died on that cross and paid for all of your sins because you really don't know. I like being able to stand in the pulpit or going anywhere in the world and being able to honestly and sincerely tell God loves you. Yes. Christ paid for your sins. And all you have to do is believe he did it for you and he'll give you eternal life as a gift. That's the best news in all the world. And it's for everybody. Yeah. Calvinism is definitely pervasive, especially on YouTube. It's everywhere. And young, young guys are eating it up. I think the most dangerous part of Calvinism outside of it doesn't lead us a soul to Christ is the people who are clear and then they get caught up in Calvinism. They're not soul winners anymore because now they can only focus on, am I doing everything correctly to prove that I'm saved? Well, Why would you want a soul win? How could you come up to somebody and say, here's the greatest news in all the world? Maybe. And I don't know. And you can't know, but let's just be confused together. <laughs> oh. That's what's so wrong with the Calvinistic <laughs> teaching is it? It's a fatalistic teaching mm -hmm. because it kills the will of the person to want to reach the lost. Mm. Because why should I have to worry about them? They're already going to heaven anyway. Or if they're already going to hell, they're going to hell anyway. How can I change that? God really doesn't need me. Mm -hmm. And this is just a nice little game that he's playing because none of it's for real. Right. It's already been predetermined before the foundation of the world and we really are not free to make a choice and so that's why i despise that teaching that's why i do not like the teaching of calvinism and though i love the people that teach it i don't like what they teach and i want every person that's a calvinist to trust christ as savior and really rest in what christ did for them and not to believe that they have to persevere in the faith in order to try to prove they're saved because without the works, they put so much confidence in that, then they have to doubt their salvation. Yeah. And I said, if you ever have to look at your good works, your life, to prove that you're saved, the conclusion will be you're not. Mm. Because all of your works are as filthy rags. And therefore, you cannot trust in your works as the evidence that you're really saved. So a person that's a Calvinist, doesn't really know for sure if he's one that's elected. Mm -hmm. He has to wait till he dies to find out. And that's a little late as far as I'm concerned. Well, a lot of the, you go to John MacArthur's channel, John Piper's ministry, all those different things. And you look at their top videos and their questions like, how do I know I'm chosen? How do I know I'm a part of the elect? And you watch these videos and some of them are good short videos in length, but it leaves the, the, the listener looking back to themselves. And I look at the comments of those videos and I think, I see so many people saying, I'm never gonna doubt my salvation again because I've passed the test of I'm doing good enough. But they seem to forget that for all have fallen short of the glory of God. Okay, so you're you're doing as well as the glory of God? Yikes, I don't know about that. <laughs> this is why when they use the wrong translation, that too, they get into something outside of the King James. But when he makes the statement that whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin. First John 3, 9. Because his seed remains in him and he cannot sin because he's born of God. They say, well, if you're a Christian, you're not going to practice sin. Well, everybody I know is a professional. So whether <laughs> they, they want to practice sin, it says cannot commit sin. And that word there is poeo, means you cannot commit one single act. Exactly. Of sin. That's the new birth. And that's just why they don't, love the teaching mm -hmm. of 
the Christian can be a spiritual person or a carnal person. So they wipe out the carnal, so you're either spiritual or you're not saved. Because right. if you're really saved, you're going to grow and mature in the Lord. And most people don't grow and mature in the Lord. They should. They should. But that doesn't mean that they will. And there's a lot of difference in that. The author in Hebrews 5 says that I want to teach you more, but you have to relearn the basic things. At the times where you should be teachers, you're not. You're, you're finding yourself lacking. And that's what I think is an, another really good part of your YouTube channel because however often that you post, you're, you're getting more clarity out there in a very, very muddy, muddy pool of water. Well, I thank the Lord for a couple of good people that work with me because without them doing so, I wouldn't be able to keep things going because I, I, I can't put in the hours that I used to. But God gave me a good man, and uh, Greg Bissell, and he does all of my radio broadcasts. He sits seven hours a day, and he listens to me all day. He ought to get a, an award for that <laughs> or some kind of a degree, a doctorate or something, because he listens to me more than anybody I know. He knows how to be long-suffering. But he does. <laughs> but he, he makes the uh, radio broadcast where I can put him on the YouTube yeah. I mean, of the uh, radio broadcast in Colorado here. Because you're still on in Colorado I'm and in, in Tampa. Yes. Yeah. And because uh, somebody paid for it uh, to be on there. And Praise the Lord. Paid for it six or eight months in advance and mm. gave me the, the right to do it. And I just thank the Lord for it. But if he didn't do that, I wouldn't be able to be on that radio. Right. And I get a lot of response from people, especially like even in Colorado, mm. of people that listen to the radio broadcast. I just had Greg Steer call me the other day. And he says, Yankee, I was preaching this one church there in Colorado, and they had about four or 5,000 people there. And he says, I, uh, he says, I sold about 1,300 books that uh, he had written, uh, one called Unlikely Fighter. Mm -hmm. That's his most recent one, yeah. And he says that uh, this lady came up to him and says, you said Yankee. He, she said, are you talking about Yankee Arnold? He said, yes, I am. And uh, she says, I listen to him every day on the radio. Mm. So Greg had to call me up and tell me that, and I, and I I like hearing that, that people that are around, they know the word Yankee because I, I happened to got the name before I got my real name, so Yankee Arnold is sufficient, and I just go with it because even my my kids sometimes I think they call me that, mm. especially my wife and all my my brother and my sisters and my mom, and. Uh, I think it's kind of unique that uh, I had a very unique upbringing. When I stop and think of my parents, my daddy been a bootlegger, a rebel in Georgia. My mama was a rebel born in Georgia. Mm. And the first two girls born in Georgia, they were rebels. <laughs> but he was on the run from the law because he spent a lot of time in chain gang and, and running from the law. And so he was up in Pennsylvania. I was born. And when I was born, I had long, straight black hair all over my body. And my daddy says, I look like a little monkey. He says, I was the ugliest kid ever seen in his life. So he's going to put me in a burlap sack and throw me in the river and drown me. And uh, oh. people say, well, you're, you're joking. No, everything I'm telling you is the truth. <laughs> and uh, the doctor came to the house and looked at me, looked at my daddy and says, my, 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 he looks just like his daddy, don't he? <laughs> and my daddy cussed and he called me a blankety-blank Yankee. And that's how I got my Ooh. nickname Yankee. Yeah. And I asked my mama one time, I probably, I guess, maybe 30 years old, and my sisters and I was all over at my mama's house. And I asked my mama, I says, Mama, 
I says, well, I really that ugly? And she says, no, mm-hmm. you weren't that ugly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I just let it drop. I didn't know really to yeah. ask any more or go any further than that. <laughs> but um, it's amazing that God can take a little Georgia boy and a little hillbilly and, and use him for yeah. the greatest message in all the world. God says he hath not chosen the, the greats, the, the big shots. Yeah. He's chosen the, the base things of the world and can't get any base of the confound the wise. And so I think a lot of people are still confounded. It, you, know, you know, it's always interesting to me, like, you know, going back to what you said about you're just a little, little boy from Georgia. You know, I mean, no, not born into any kind of royalty or, or anything that the world would say is impressive, but you're reaching, I mean, I would, hundreds of thousands of people with a YouTube channel. And then also, too, like, it's just... It is amazing to me how the people who come out against you when they write articles or they write comments or they make videos, I mean, they're, they're starting to do the same thing for me too. They spend so much try, uh, time trying to attack something, trying to attack an individual, yet they have no concern for your soul. None. They're, they, they don't care if you go to hell or go to heaven because they got to work on themselves. Well, I it, look at it as a, in 80 years, 80 years, I've only had one person ever witness to me. Wow. Only one person, and that was my father-in-law, mm. who won me to the Lord almost 62 years ago. And then I have been in a lot of different countries. I've been almost every state in America. And all these churches I've been, nobody has ever tried to win me to Christ. Mm. Just think how important, if the greatest thing a man can ever do in his life is to trust Christ as Savior, then the greatest thing anybody can ever do is to tell somebody how to go to heaven. That's right. And so I realize that I can live for a lot of things. I think God's given me enough smarts that I could be successful in just about anything I really wanted to do. Because most times it just takes a lot of drive and initiative and effort and so forth. and Commitment. And and, and you can do it. You can be a success. But I only get to live one time. Mm -hmm. I want to live for the most exciting, most important dynamic thing in all the world so i used to tell the kids college kids don't be bored serve the lord and i have not yet found in all these years anything that surpasses the importance of serving god and walking with the lord and winning people to christ telling people how to go to heaven yeah it's the most important thing in all the world and so that's what i'm still after and uh when i told the lord that day laying in the hospital it was almost like I had cut through the pearly gates. The Lord opened the door. And I says, Lord, do you want me to come in or do you want me to stay on this side? He said, well, I got Hank Lindstrom up here and he's got everything under control so you can just stay down here a little bit longer. <laughs> I said, well, if you want me to, I'll go ahead and stay here. But I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I don't want to stay here and waste my time. Hmm. I don't want to waste my life. I don't want to be like Hezekiah. You gave him 15 years and he blew it. Hmm. I want to use whatever you give me. And so therefore, I'm not for slowing down. I'm for doing more as much as I can. The day will come when I won't be able to go, and I know that. But until then, I just want to try to challenge guys to serve the Lord. And I got, you know, I got some preacher boys out there, different places. And, uh, And I think that God raised you up for such a time because I didn't, I didn't make you. You you responded. 
I wished everybody would respond correctly. I wished everybody would fall in love with the Lord. Yeah. I says people's problems that they have in life is just that they don't love the Lord. They love themselves or they love the present world. Or they, the circumstances. That, that, that They've fallen in love with everything else. Yeah. And they've lost their love for the Lord. And if you can learn to love the Lord, everything else falls into place. That's right. Even you've studied the Ten Commandments. The first four is about loving God. And the rest, other six, is about loving man. Because if you love God right, you can love man right. The problems in our world right now is the lack of love. When sin abounds, love waxes cold. Mm. And because of that, that's why we see so much sin in the world, because people don't know how to love. Yeah. Well, God is love. And they don't want God, they don't want love, because mm -hmm. he tells you how to love. And real love does away with greed and trying to be the authority in everything and get everything. And people don't want to give that up. No. They'd rather just see, how much can I get out of this life for themselves? And he says, naked you came and naked you're going to return. Yeah. And so I think the greatest thing of all is know Christ as your Savior. Love the Lord. Yeah. And everything. God, if you love the Lord right, you'll love your wife right. Love the Lord right, you'll love your kids right. It's the basis love the for Lord, everything. Love the Lord, you'll love. It's the basis of everything. So. But people get wrapped up, and that's the that's the sad thing. And I'm I'm glad you're still involved with Florida Bible College of Tampa. You're still the president. I mean, you're teaching 24 hours a day because you're online. <laughs> and you're t you, you've taught personal evangelism, Galatians, uh, cult evangelism, Daniel and Revelation. What do you think about the college? Like, what would you know, I'm sure there's people watching who are thinking, I want to get a better education. What, if, what would you say? If somebody wants to serve the Lord, mm -hmm. you can learn a lot of things on your own, but it can take the rest of your life to get it. I am thankful that I took four years out of my life and went to Florida Bible College in 1964. I graduated in 1968. But while I was there, I learned how to learn. I learned how to learn. Mm -hmm. And when I did that, that saved me years of frustration of not knowing how to find God's will for my life. Yeah. Because many people want the will of God for their life, mm -hmm. but they don't know how to find it. How at all shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to thy word. The engines of thy word giveth light. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. In other words, it shows you how to walk, where to walk, how to live. And it's the will of God to know the Word of God so that you can know the will of God. So it's the will of God to know the Word of God so you can know the will of God, so you can do the will of God. And God wants this for us. And so if a person wants to serve the Lord, it'll save you a lot of time mm -hmm. if you learn from those who are doing what you want to do. Yeah. If a man wants to be a good carpenter, learn from a good carpenter. You want to be a lawyer, learn from a lawyer. You want to be a doctor, learn from doctors. You want to be a soul winner, learn from a soul winner. Mm -hmm. I am a soul winner. I don't just talk about I am a soul winner. Not that I used to be, I still am. And because I am, I can teach people how to do what I do. And if they want to learn how to be a soul winner, take my personal evangelism class that we have online. Yep. And if they go to FloridaBibleCollege.us and 
online classes that can take them from anywhere in the world. Anywhere in the world? And and it's all at your own pace, too. That's, that's one of the great benefits. They can take it anytime they want at their own pace. and uh, But that would be the best thing. And if you wanted to um, be in person, then we still got some great teachers here. And we do not have a resident Calvinist or a resident Armenian. No, they do not <laughs> teach in our school. Yeah. <laughs> if you're not clear on the gospel, you don't teach here. Yeah. And so if you can, then you can talk to a guy named Bob Gilbert. Dr. Bob Gilbert, yeah. On my YouTube channel, on every one of my channels, it'll say there, see more. And you can click it on, and it'll give you a whole list of the college information, um, Bob Gilbert information, the registrar, and the store and tracks and you name it. It's all right there on every one of my uh, videos. Yeah. Videos. Well, as we're wrapping up here, what do you think that would be good for people to pray about for you in the next coming months? Well, I got a schedule. But I know that it's um, always temporary. The Lord could change it at any time. And I always leave it free in His hands. Mm -hmm. I have an idea of what I'm going to do and where I'm going to go, and even in some cases what I'm going to preach. But I want people to pray for safety on the highway. And I want to pray for my health to stay good so that I can keep driving and keep going and I want a lot of fruit mm. I don't want to just do it I want fruit whether we're believers or the lost people for people to trust Christ as Savior Amen. and one of the things that I like for people to understand and I say this often if I'm talking to somebody and even at church I'll do it Isn't it true that you've heard almost all your life that Jesus Christ died on the cross and paid for all the sins of the world? And most people say, yeah, I've heard that. I said, think about that. If he paid for all the sins of the world, why should you or I have to go to hell and pay for our sins if he already paid for our sins? Mm. So Jesus Christ, he paid for our sins, but why did he do that? He did it because he didn't want us to do it. So he came back from the dead said the only thing he wanted me to do or you to do is believe that he did it for us. So God says, if you'll believe that he did it for you, he'll put that payment to your account. So I've got a payment for all of my sins. And you can't know you're going there, heaven, until you know you can't go there to hell. And the reason that I can't go to hell today is because I don't have any sins to pay for. Mm. Christ paid for my sins. Reason I can't go to hell in the future, he paid for those too. He did it all 2,000 years ago. And all I had to do was believe he did it for me. Mm. And when you believe it, he gives you eternal life as a free gift and you can know that you're going to heaven. You see, that message is so clear and it's so simple. Most preachers don't know how to explain it. They got to have them come down to the front Mm -hmm. Tell them to stop something or join something. They don't know and understand. By grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourself. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And Jesse, I have enjoyed our little talk together. Well, Thank same. you and God bless, buddy. God bless you too. It's been the Gospel Driven Man, Yankee Arnold.
Thank you for listening to today's episode. As a thank you to our listeners, we want to give away a free Bible every month this year. To enter, send us an email with your Bible question. Our email address is questions at BibleLineMinistries.org. Be sure to subscribe to the show and check back each Thursday for new episodes. Until next time, keep looking up. Jesus is coming soon.